Well, hey, FPO family, this is James Hurd, the youth director at FPO, and I just wanted to thank you for spending some time this week as you are tuning in for the FPO midweek meditation. Today, I want to meditate less on a single passage of scripture and more on a theme that connects multiple passages together. And specifically this morning, I wanted to ask us a question. What do we do when Scripture doesn't seem to teach grace? Or maybe maybe specifically, what do we do when we're reading the Bible and it doesn't really look like justification by faith alone? That great mantra uh, that comes out of the Reformation and in Protestant Christianity. right? Maybe you have felt that tension when you have been reading along and suddenly the Bible looks... A little bit more worksy instead of gracey. Actually, all three of the passages, that was my experience reading them today. And by today, this is the reading for October 27th, 2020. All three of these passages don't really seem to fit this lens of looking at Scripture and looking for how we are justified by our faith alone. And let me show you what I mean if. Maybe your eyebrows are furrowing a little bit right now. Today we had 1 Thessalonians 5. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 9, we see a lot of grace and a lot of faith alone. As 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 says, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. But then after that, the next 12 verses contain 18 commands. So that's an average of more than one command per verse. It's just a series and a list of do this and do this. Admonish the idle. Encourage the faint-hearted. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice always. There are 18 commands. And today's reading also had Psalm 125. And the first uh part of this psalm in verses 2 and 3 we see like a lot of wonderful grace of the Lord as the psalm says as the mountains surround Jerusalem so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore for the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous unless the righteous stretch out their hands and do wrong Right, what is that unless doing there? Right, the Lord surrounds his people and the scepter of wickedness will not rest in the land lest the righteous stretch out their hands and do wrong? Like, is this conditional? Uh, verses 4 and 5 in this song then go on and they actually ask the Lord to respond to our works. Verse 4 says, Do good, O Lord, to those who are good. And in verse 5 he says, To those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead them astray with evildoers. And then in Joshua 23, the Old Testament reading for October 27th, we see this great chapter where Joshua is reminding them how God fights the battles for them. Grace. But then verses 12 and 13 say, Well, if you turn back and cling to the remnant of those nations remaining among you, and make marriages with them so that you associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God 
will no longer drive these nations before you, but they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from off the good ground that the Lord your God has given you. So here's that question. Maybe you felt that tension. What do we do when Scripture doesn't line up with the lens that we are reading it through? What, is it, what do we do specifically when Scripture doesn't line up with the lens of grace alone? I mean, there's two options. First option is that you could just throw out all the verses that don't fit your categories. Right, this could maybe be like a formal throwing out. Maybe you've heard some people say like, oh, well, the Old Testament is antiquated and it doesn't really apply to modern life. Or maybe something like, well, you know, like the Old Testament, it's just not as important as the New Testament. The New Testament, we have Jesus. And so, sure, the Old Testament is there, but let's focus on the New Testament and kind of leave the Old Testament to the side. Maybe you could do that informally, and this is something that I personally struggle with, where I'm reading through a psalm or reading through Joshua, and I'm tempted to just kind of skip over the hard part that looks a little bit worksy, and I start to look for the happy, gracey parts. And I'm functionally choosing the things that fit my categories instead of what the Bible is actually saying. Right, that's a bad option. So of our two options, option one, bad. But option two is a better way to go about it. And that's to ask, well, if this passage that I'm reading doesn't fit the category that I'm bringing to it, well, what other categories are there that the Bible itself gives me that might make more sense of what I'm reading? For today's conundrum, the lens that we need is sanctification, not justification. Sanctification is God's gracious renewing of us by His Spirit so that we would become people who more and more die to sin and live to righteousness. The process that makes us live more like Jesus, and that requires us to put effort into it. For us to live more like Jesus, we need to make choices and trust the Spirit. And Paul often groans and strives in order to live and run the race that the Lord has set before him. So if we're looking at these passages looking for justification, well, the Bible's not trying to teach that. Instead, in these three passages for today, the Bible is trying to teach us about sanctification and about how the Lord responds to us as covenant members of God, but how he responds to us in terms of sanctification. So let's look back at these three passages briefly and see how this opens them up and makes them make more sense. In 1 Thessalonians, with all of these commands, well, actually, 1 Thessalonians 4, yesterday's reading said this, In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3, it actually says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. And then right after our passage in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. 
so that your spirit and soul and body may be blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. So this passage is teaching us about what it looks like to pursue righteousness. These are specific commands given to us so that we would look more like Jesus. And God has graciously given us these commands so that we would see his love and obey him because we know it's good for us. Because we want to love him and live as he's made us to live. Psalm 125 and Joshua 23 are teaching actually similar things about sanctification. They're teaching us that if we start to be more sinful and live in our sin, instead of pursuing righteousness and living for the glory of God, well, God is going to see our, you know, reversing sanctification. And he has every right to discipline us when we start going in the opposite direction of the way he set before us. God disciplines those he loves, we read in Hebrews 12. So God will look at our sanctification in his love, and he will give us discipline in order to shake us awake when we're being lazy to our faithfulness. And he shakes us and allows hardships that we would once again repent and believe the gospel that, yes, actually, we are justified by faith alone and saved by grace alone. And as we go back and as we lean upon those things, that gives us a greater desire to follow these commands that he's given to us. So the Christian life requires obedience. That obedience is how we actually show our faith in the Lord. So this is my encouragement to you. When you're reading the Bible and it breaks your categories, don't just skip over it. Don't leave it aside. But instead, ask what God is teaching you through that passage. And allow Him maybe to show you some new categories things that you don't yet know, or things that you don't usually think about. Because usually it's looking at the confusing parts of Scripture that teach us something really new and beautiful about God. Peace be with you.